1: Hey, no name-calling here, just differing opinions going head-to-head with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
0: Let's bring in our uh, Counterpoint talkers. we got Omar Khan, Vice President of Public Affairs over at Hill & Knowlton Strategies and his... Uh Smarter half, Melissa Lansman, VP, Public Affairs, Hill and Nolte. That's what they say. I I don't know. I'm just reading. I I think they're right. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's talk about the big thing that uh, no one ever talks about. We don't ever talk about first ministers' meetings. Let's be honest. No one cares about these meetings. However, this one's not the same, because for the first time, I think, in a while, certainly um, Justin Trudeau does not have that captive audience uh, since most of the country has now kind of shifted right, and there's a number of premiers who are pushing back very much um, on his agenda. And so, you know, let me just play a little bit of sound because the premiers are meeting tonight for dinner in Montreal. And here's here's kind of what the, the message from uh, Doug Ford was today at the end of the day.
1: We, we don't need to be lectured by uh, his ministers. We need to uh, talk about things that matter for people in each of our provinces.
0: I'll start with you on this, Melissa. He has threatened to walk away from this meeting. He's not the only one. There are several ministers, or pre, or premiers who are saying, look, I'm not here for your platitudes. We want to talk about specific issues. They had to push to get these issues on the agenda, which is confounding to me. But nonetheless, uh, should Doug Ford walk? And would he be wrong to do so? Well, I,
2: I think he should walk. I think others should walk, too. This isn't a lecture series. It's a meeting. And the fact that there's an hour on the agenda for 13 premiers uh, to meet with each other is frankly unacceptable I, I i just don't understand why we would bring all of these uh premiers of of all of our provinces together uh to not talk about things that
0: matter in the province kind of how i look at it Omar. i mean you bring all these people together there's some serious serious issues in the country and the initial agenda was like we'll talk about climate change and we'll talk about provincial boundaries and like yeah no we don't want to talk about that and so oh, it's become very political
1: well, some, some some of us believe climate change is actually very important and should be discussed.
0: Yeah, it's not going to end our world tomorrow, whereas the oil well, patch uh, going under could you, actually you, very you, much hurt us.
1: If you talk to most climate scientists, they'll say there's a serious threat within the next oh. 12 years. Oh, pfft. they uh, said that 20
0: now. years ago. They said that 10 years ago. They've said that a whole bunch of times.
1: Like, uh, well, <laughs> well, they didn't they didn't say... Okay, we're not going to get it. No, this, we're not. This, this, this but not uh, if I go
0: by Al Gore's but, numbers, we were supposed to die in 2016.
1: Look, uh, <laughs> it, the, the premiers have a thing called the Council of the Federation. They mm. can meet whenever they want. They do meet once a year, but they can call those meetings whenever they want. And the, you know what? They can and should pick up the telephone and, and call each other whenever they want. Uh, we have a prime minister of canada we have one prime minister of canada he is elected by all canadians to be <laughs> he was not minister elected by canada. all canadians and, you know despite what the 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 right wing some some right wing elements in this country might 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 uh, prefer he is the democratically elected prime minister of all of us. Okay, but, but okay, what? but
0: stop there because I'm gonna ask you yeah. something. If he's representing yeah. all of us, why does he only represent one side of us? Because he's not representing the people in the oil patch. He's just not. Also, like as a right wing, as a right wing, what about auto sector
2: be, jobs? Right wing sector but, but, auto, uh, right wing auto sector jobs, or right wing interprovincial change, or the right wing uh, carbon tax? Those are all issues that matter to premiers who are also democratically elected in their provinces. Yeah, uh, and uh, should get a say on what's on the agenda at their been. own meeting.
1: Premier Ford and his team probably, you know, I, I've worked on intergovernmental affairs before. I'm sure they had a chance for months to defeat. Into an agenda. Why is this just becoming an issue right now? Well, GM just this. closed last
2: week. <laughs> they've, they've they've all asked for changes on this uh, on, on this agenda, yeah, no, and whether fun, those no, those emails went Montreal, answered or not.
1: We're going to fly to Montreal, but if we don't get this, and we're going to leave. Look, it, 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 it sounds like uh, somebody's doing a PR stunt here, and, and look, it's it's working because we're talking about it. But if the pre- if Premier Ford or any of the other premiers. Uh, decide to, to to do this. They're going to have to explain to their electorates why they didn't choose to stay and talk about important issues. Well not really uh, because if they don't
0: on, yes. if they don't get actually anything out I mean this is the thing that they're angry about. They don't want to go and talk about stuff that Trudeau wants to talk about. They want to talk about the issues facing their province. And so what's the point of them going to the meeting if they're not going to get anything other than platitudes?
1: Look, at the end of the day, it's their choice whether or not to go to the meeting, and they'll have to explain to their to their constituents why, why they chose to not have their provinces uh, represented at... Uh, uh, at the climate change at, lecture? <laughs> well, you know what? Climate change is very important, and climate change isn't just well, about, So is the oil patch, though. So is the auto sector. Climate change is about the economy, and, and we can make jokes about it, we We can we but if if, if we're going to play a leadership role in the economy of the future, uh this country, this province, we have to take this issue very seriously, if not for us for our kids
0: okay, but but it's not an inimi- imminent I- it's issue. The, the oil no, sands I fundamentally are...
1: I disagree with you It's oh. an imminent issue
0: no, it no is it's not oh, more. We're it
1: right now <sighs> we're seeing intensification of weather systems of hurricanes. All over the world, and it's a, it, it's an economic crisis as well, well that's uh, because we're, what we're seeing, we're, we've already started to see um, the the economic effects of climate change, not just down south. Not you mean the carbon tax? We're seeing it here. We're seeing increased droughts. We're seeing increased forest fires. This is a this is a climate crisis, but it's also an economic crisis, and we have to take action on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Tomorrow.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: All right, um, let's. I, t- I think we're going to disagree on this. One. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like, we're just not going to see eye to eye. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Trudeau Liberals have brought dropped that contentious anti-abortion test. Remember that summer jobs program that became so uh, contentious uh, a few months ago. A number of religious groups, as you will recall, will recall were denied funding because they failed Trudeau's values test, which forced them to honor his pro-choice mandate. Here's Labor Minister Patty Hajdu um, talking about well, why they had to change this?
2: There was a perception that they felt this was about their values and beliefs and not about the jobs and the performances of the students in particular roles. And so we, you know, we took that to heart.
0: Okay, there, there was a perception, uh, Melissa, because there were a whole bunch of groups that were axed from funding. Yeah, I know I, I'm actually going to translate
2: <laughs> that statement. And it's, it's uh, you know, we are desperate at, uh, to do some damage control on uh, uh, for the Prime Minister heading into the next election, and uh, you know, this is, this is part of it. If you're going to talk about values in this country, and if you're going to talk about pluralism or tolerance in this country, then you have to be tolerant of all views and not impose yours, and I I'm going to sit here right now and tell you, and there's no secret about it, um, that I'm not on side uh, with this particular issue. I'm well on the record of uh, being pro-choice, but you've got Respect the views of others. I'm
0: pro-choice too, and I was appalled by the way certain. Re- I don't have a problem, Omar, with people who have different is- uh, views on abortion. I don't think they should be disrespected.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to agree with uh, you guys on this one to an extent. I, I don't think all views should be respected. For example, I don't think we should we should respect bigotry or racism. I'm not. Well, equating, I don't think I'm not equating that. this yeah. with that. But uh, yeah, you know, I think they probably went a little too far on this one, and it's a bit of a rollback and. <laughs> good on them they probably should have done it a little bit earlier but better late than never
2: well i go a step further commit to never doing it again let's see if they do that
0: yeah that's not gonna happen
1: (laughs) hey no name calling here just differing opinions going head to head with counterpoint Counterpoint. here's alex pearson on global news radio
0: we've got omar khan Melissa landsman battling it out here on counterpoint let's talk a little what's that
1: we're heating it up. It
0: is heated up, yeah. It's good that you're good. It's good when you're when you're wrong, you're good at taking it. It's it's nice to see. Uh, Washington state <laughs> Well, that but- doesn't happen in the office very often. <laughs> By
1: the way, you know, I, I did want to say, um, I, I ran into Premier former Premier Wynn the other day and oh, she, did, she, doing? she she did mention that she listens in to Melissa and I and you every Thursday at eight fifteen. So Premier, if you're if you're if you're listening tonight, I hope you're rooting me on.
0: <laughs> Hello, Premier Wynn. I know you're my biggest fan and uh, I wish you well. I actually do feel badly that uh, she's got to, I, I will give her kudos of I going feel badly in every day she has to listen
2: to Omar. Well, I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe if she had listened more to me, she'd still be there. No, no. All right. Uh, good on you, though, Omar. Uh, let's talk about this hydro deal that Washington state regulators have rejected. And this is the uh, takeover of Avista Corp. This is a deal that was done under the Wynn Liberals. I'm not, I wouldn't say the Wynn Liberals, but it had, during that tenure. Um, and this was a sale that was made and it was going through, I guess, approval. But then Doug Ford, um, you know, they got rid of the board. They made some changes. And apparently this is why the deal was inevitably rejected. But I'll start with you on this, uh, Omar. Does a new government not have... You know the authority to make high-level staff changes and make changes on behalf of the taxpayers. Um, no,
1: yeah, look, the the, uh, the the government of Ontario is a shareholder in, in a private company called Hydro One. Uh, so yeah, if they want to, they can uh, they, they, they 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 can request that the rest of the board make make certain moves. Uh, but you have to understand the the whole rationale. Uh, behind the divestment in Hydro One was to let the private sector run it like a private sector company. Uh, so, look, if the government wants to uh, m- uh, interfere and 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 direct the board to do certain things, that's their right. But then they have to live by the consequences. And one of the consequences now uh, is that uh, they will, will essentially be losing this revenue stream. Uh, so, you know, if I was John Fraser, I would uh, set up a, a you know, a, 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 maybe he can go to Deco Labels or something <laughs> and set up a, a large thermometer just showing how much money uh, the taxpayers have been losing uh, by decisions of this government over the last five or six months. Uh, because we have this decision here that's cost billions of dollars. Uh, we have the severance for Ali Khan Velshi who was, you know, it looks like uh, there was interventions made to have him fired. We have decision after decision now. Uh, that is actually costing money. Uh, and we saw that the controller of the province of Ontario uh, resigned in protest because she said that their, their deficit numbers that they're putting out there are completely bogus. Uh, so, John Fraser, if you're listening, let's listen do the <laughs> thermometer idea.
2: There you go. Well, what, I'm good, sure the AG would love that as much as she loved everything of the last government.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's not unusual for a new government to undo a lot of what the other government does. That's why there's a change in government.
2: Yeah, look, on the Avista deal, I think they ran on a, a clear promise to uh, to clean up the mess at, at Hydra One. A regulator, in the case of uh, in the case on, on Avista side or in Washington, has the uh, uh, has the duty to protect those repairs. But this, like, good riddance on this one. If they can pay six and a half or seven billion dollars for a U.S. energy company, Hydro One doesn't need your money. And it doesn't need your money as a rate payer. They
0: went against your mandate, Omar. They they have coal.
2: If you look at if you look at Avista's actual stock price today, we paid nine bucks more a share than it is uh, than it is today. So if you want to do the thermometer idea, it's fine. But there is no value in that one. The government's not going to say that. Um, but this is a, this is re- probably a deal that uh, that's good for Ontario, and we didn't get back into the coal business. If the Omar, you would wants love to that.
1: Nationalize a private company? Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear that. But uh, this is an instance. This is, this is now a private company. If you want people to invest in private companies, if you want the private sector to put their money forward and 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 and, and, and bring bring efficiencies and investments, which most conservatives historically have, have I think fought for. Um, then you got to let them run it like a private company, <laughs> otherwise, renationalize it and just you know bring it bring it back into government.
0: Right, except for in this case, the the, the private uh, you know the private taxpayers didn't really have a say any which way and ended up being kicked right, left, center, and all around, and and didn't get much out of it at the end. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk about the Me Too movement a bit. It's actually um, apparently according to the Financial Post on Wall Street. Um, You know, the running theme is, you know, no dinners, no drinks, no one, you know, one on one meetings with women. And so it seems that this culture of getting women into the boardroom may in fact be, you know, not happening. Because Me Too has turned women into unknown risks, and I don't know. You guys work in a big corporation. Have you noticed a temperature change in, in the in the office?
2: Look, I can't. I can't say that I have. But with any movement, this is this is sort of a case of the pendulum maybe swinging too far. But in the Me Too movement, this isn't. Uh, you know, people who went down on this didn't go down because you know they had a coffee with a, or a female or it was a one-off instant. This was sort of reoccurring. Um, you know, bad things that happen to women. Those things came to light. Um, yeah, and of course there's uh, there's negative consequences to to the to the movement going future because that pendulum swung too far.
0: Yeah, they call it the Pence effect, um, um, Omar. And, and look, you're a guy. Um, we've got that established. I don't know. I, I, a lot of guys that I know kind of trip over themselves because they don't really know how to act around women anymore. I mean, not every chick is like me. I'm pretty casual. I don't get offended easily, but some do.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I think Melissa and I have the benefit of working at a company that is majority women. It's probably about seventy five percent women, uh, and the majority of the leadership team, including the CEO, is a woman. Uh, but it's you know not not all workplaces are like that. Uh, look, I'll say this: when I was in politics at a senior level as a chief of staff, uh, I was very careful, uh, particularly after uh, some of the issues arose uh, with Gian Gameshi and, and whatnot uh you know politics uh has a lot of young people in it um it's also very close you know ministers offices tend to be very close-knit um and uh, people share their emotions but look if 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 one of my staffers let's say had uh, broken up with her boyfriend or something was happening at home and was getting a little emotional and wanted to come talk to the chief of staff i would bring in uh, another probably female staffer into that discussion with me uh just uh you know it it, 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 it,
0: and so there, been, there right. has been there has been a chill. I'm it's not
1: saying it's right, but yeah. it's something that I just felt uh, uh, I, I needed to do.
0: That's kind of unfortunate. I got to be honest, because I, I don't I don't walk into and I may be uh, an in, I may be one of very few I don't walk into a meeting with a guy feeling like oh my god oh my god oh my god I, you know. I just don't.
2: No, but it's about how the how the guy feels, and it's unfortunate that it's come to the point where you can't uh, sit down with your boss if your boss is a male in a room by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I don't think does. that was the intention
0: of the Me Too movement,
2: yeah. but there's always unintended consequences. There
0: is, and that's why I think people have to be very careful with how. They use the movement. Yeah. yeah,
2: Omar's right. In our in our in our company, we have um, we have a benefit of having a sort of a very open, diverse um, you know workforce, and uh, again, heavily weighted on uh, on the woman's side. So I'm not sure that we feel this. Uh, Uh, feel this the same way, but he's right about politics and I can certainly tell you he's right about banking.
1: There's a big debate, however, about why the men's washroom is uh, closer to the the desks than the the women's washroom. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) All right, guys, i got to leave it there. Thank you, Omar. Thank you, Kathleen Wynne. And uh, thank you, Melissa Lansman. I always appreciate it. Thank you.
1: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson
0: on Global News Radio.